Hello, and welcome to the podcast for the journal Integrated Environmental Assessment and Management, better known as IEAM. I'm Jenny Shaw. The April 2013 issue contains a brief communication by Drs. Glenn Suter and Susan Cormier that explores a philosophical approach for environmental scientists that is rooted in pragmatism. Glenn is the book reviews editor for IEAM, and he joins us today to talk a little bit about their thought-provoking commentary. Glenn, thanks for being here. Thank you, Ginny. So you and Susan describe a philosophy that addresses the credibility of scientists and the defensibility of their work. But you also say that this approach will expand the social aspect of science while maintaining traditional scientific methods. So how does pragmatism improve on the way we approach science now? I'd like to begin by taking people back to school. Most of us were taught a scientific method that's simplistic, narrow, and not terribly relevant to the work we do. If you're not philosophically inclined, that doesn't seem to matter. You just do your scientific thing. But sometimes our science is fundamentally challenged in a way that requires a philosophy of science to form a response. For example, an academic scientist on a review panel may tell you, as one told me, that if you're not testing hypotheses, you're not doing science. More importantly, the legitimacy of environmental science is being directly challenged by those who deny climate change, resource limitations, or the toxicity of various chemicals. As much as we'd like to, we can't just bluster our way through like Bill Murray and Ghostbusters saying, back off man, I'm a scientist. We need a philosophy that justifies the authority of our science. Susan and I believe that pragmatism is a school of philosophy that offers the best option for environmental scientists. People use the terms pragmatism and pragmatic so much in everyday speech now that we forget that they come from late 19th century philosopher-scientists who are trying to make philosophy relevant to the age of science and industry. Charles Sanders Peirce, William James, and the others believe that philosophy should be about activity in the real world, not just ideas in the mind. Most importantly for us, they taught the truth is not some abstraction, but rather the best ideas that we have about how the world works. This doesn't mean that there is no absolute truth. Rather, absolute truth is the real world itself, the world we observe and manipulate. Science doesn't have that absolute and final truth, but we have, as a community, been converging on it. And scientific truth is our current approximation. As a result, we know that some ideas are nearer to truth than others because they work better when we apply them in experiments and in practical applications. With that background, I can actually begin to answer your question, Jenny. This pragmatic philosophy implies that science is done by the community of scientists, not by the lone researcher at his bench. Singular breakthroughs do not become science until they are confirmed and accepted by the community. This is done by confirmatory research, discussion, peer review, workshops like CTAC's Pelston series, National Academy panels, etc. For example, until global warming had won over the great majority of climate scientists, its advocates had more community-building work to do. But now the community is convinced, 
and we can move on from showing that it is real to making better predictive climate models. Planetary warming driven by greenhouse gases has become a scientific truth upon which more science is being built. This pragmatic communitarian view of science has implications for how we do our science. For example, we weigh the available evidence rather than just arguing for our own favorite evidence. We show which of the alternative hypotheses is most consistent with the body of evidence. We do our work in an open, honest, and cooperative way so that we're contributing to building a useful and defensible scientific truth. If we accept this pragmatic philosophy of science, we should become better at it. We should train our students to make abductive inferences and to participate in the scientific community. We should learn to better communicate the nature of science and of scientific truth. In particular, we should develop methods for expressing the community's degree of confidence in an uncertain or contentious scientific truth. We should encourage practices like CTAC's balancing of participation by industry, government, and academic sciences in all its activities. Fortunately, the trend in science is already towards more openness, collaboration, and sharing of data and methods. And that is making us more like the pragmatic scientific community that Peirce envisioned. So, thank you, Jenny, for this opportunity to present Susan's and my interpretation of scientific pragmatism. Now I hope that people will be sufficiently intrigued to read our short communication in IEAM and become conscious members of that scientific community. At least, I believe, it will show them how to be more comfortable in defending their science on pragmatic grounds. Thank you, Glenn. Thank you, Jenny. We look forward to the ongoing conversation that I think you and Susan have begun with this commentary. You've been listening to Glenn Souter discuss he and Susan Cormier's article entitled Pragmatism, a Practical Philosophy for Environmental Scientists. Access the article in the April 2013 issue of IEAM. Just go to ctechjournals.org. I'm Jenny Shaw, and thank you for listening to the IEAM podcast.